This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of but that matter the most. We are really excited for our guest today. She's a dear friend, Shivani Shah. But she's also an actor, writer, and director currently splitting her time between the U.S. and India. She made this career change to the arts from corporate America in 2022 in search of a more fulfilling path that aligned with her rediscovery of a need for creativity and living with passion. Within her first year of moving to India, she had the opportunity to write and direct her first one-act play and short film. She was also cast in Patrick Marbar's cult classic Closer as Anna, in spring of this year. We're so excited for you guys to listen to this episode and this conversation we had with Shivani. It was honestly eye-opening for the both of us. So here's Shivani. All right, guys, welcome back to our listeners. Um, We have an exciting guest today. Hello, Shivani. Hi. What's up, guys? Divya and I know Shivani since high school. It's been a long time. And up until recently, before Shivani moved to India, we lived together for like two years. We're going to talk to her today about how she moved to India, the journey that led her there, and all the exciting things that she's up to. Mm -hmm. Yay. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be doing this. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on this week, too, because to our listeners, while you are Hearing this, give a little bit of a round of applause, celebratory action, because Shivani got engaged last weekend. (laughs) So, yes, there's so much um, change and excitement and so much happening in your life right now. So this will be really great to talk about. And I'm excited that we're able to record with you while we're all in the same-ish time zones because she's heading back to India in a week. Yeah. yeah, we're like I think we we're trying to like record one time when she was in India, and it just seemed yeah. like it's kind of work. impossible to do. <laughs> it's either like I one think... of us was recording at four a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's like not an easy time difference to manage. All right, Shivani. Well, we want to talk to you about all the things today, but one of the things like I really want to talk about is you first starting like your creative journey, and that is starting your Substack and creating stories by Shiv. So I just wanted to ask you, um, what drove you to start your own Substack and, you know, start writing pieces and getting that out there weekly? Great question. Um, so I've always kind of like been a writer my whole life, but never really had a practice around it. Kind of just like wrote whenever I felt like it. It was mostly journaling. But then in the pandemic, I think I was like trying to like find a way to still connect with people even when we couldn't like do that in person. And so I started the Substack um, as kind of like you know, just voicing whatever I was thinking about, like topics that I'd been interested in. And one of like my favorite things to do is like listen to podcasts and like read a book or, you know, just find connecting points between topics that don't really feel connected. Um, and so that was like the start of all of it. And the more that I started learning about writing and building a practice around it, I caught myself doing it a lot more where I would like wake up early before work to like get a few writing hours in and then stay up late. And um, I just was finding myself motivated by this thing that really has like not that big of an audience, right? Like, especially when I was starting, it was just like friends and family. And even still, it was like motivating enough for me to kind of like make the time for it, to carve out time for my normal day-to-day to to kind of build that up. And so that's like really the thing that got me started with uh, the creative journey. 
And then I think that was kind of like the node that kicked everything else off because it kind of reminded me like, wait, I, I'm a creative person. Like I really like doing these creative kind of out, having these creative outlets. Um, and so, yeah, the Substack was really just the start for all of it. Yeah. What would you say to people who feel like they've kind of lost that creative energy because they just think in this busy world that we there's so much of that creativity in us and that we feel like we lose it. And I know that you were working in a corporate job and, you know, I imagine so busy in college and kind of did that hustle life. And did you feel like your creativity also had kind of been diminished during that time? And what would you say to people who feel like they've kind of lost it? And as you found that? Yeah, I think it's really common for us to like lose touch with the things that maybe we were in love with as kids. Um, Cause kind of to your point, the hustle and the conditioning for us to kind of like get through school, do really well, get a great job. Um, we're so focused on that, that then we kind of like forget all of the smaller parts of what made us happy. Um, I definitely feel like that happened to me, but in like all through school, like high school and college, I was a dancer and actually Ravish and I were on a dance team together. We started one in high school. Um, and I think that was like my creative outlet for so long, but then once you graduate undergrad, that kind of goes away. And that's true for like any sort of extracurricular you might've had, right? Like if you were in student council in high school or a sports team or played in your murals, um, the fraction of time that that makes up in your day just continues to like go down and go down unless you're actively trying to do those things. And so um, reconnecting with like that part of myself took a lot of work. Um, In terms of what I would say to people who maybe are feeling that same sort of disconnection. There's this book called The Artist's Way. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. Mm-mm. Okay, Ra, maybe. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Okay, yeah, we were. I was reading it when we lived together. So yeah. basically it's by this author, Julia Cameron, who is credited for helping like George Lucas with Star Wars and kind of getting out of his own creative rut for the Star Wars film. And she herself is like kind of a writer and a creative but it's basically a workbook where she talks about like, Hey, it's okay that you've like lost touch with the creative side of yourself. Cause I think there's like inherent shame in even that aspect of it where you're like, can't like, if I put out something that I've written or something I've made, like, what will people think, you know? Um, And so there's like a portion of the workbook where she kind of helps you just accept that. And then the other portion where she helps you realize even why, you might have lost touch with it in the beginning. Um, I don't know if either of you can identify with this, but I feel like in Indian culture, it's very much kind of like looked down upon to try to prioritize creative things over academic things, especially when you're growing up. Um, and that was like definitely the case for me. I remember like in high school, um, telling my brother and my parents like, oh, I wanna do this like sewing class as one of my electives. And like, they all just laughed. They're like, why would you do sewing when you could do <laughs> AP, whatever the fuck, you know, sorry if we're not allowed to swear on this. No, but you're, allowed, you're allowed to swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think like those types of experiences are a lot more common than we like discuss in mm-hmm. like friendships and stuff, or even just like in broad society. So yeah, I would, I mean, just practically would recommend that book to anybody who's maybe curious about that. Um, one of the most powerful exercises from that book is like, she has you write a letter to your current self from your 80 year old self, um, Mm -hmm. kind of like reflecting on whatever your dream life is. And what would you say to your current self from an older version of you? And then doing that same thing from your present self to a younger version of yourself. So like your eight year old self. And I remember doing this in a coffee shop, like, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, um, And I was just crying. Like I started crying and I was not expecting that emotion to come out at all. But kind of to your point, Divya, like you remember how much of what drove you as a kid kind of gets lost Mm -hmm. um, along the way. And I think like just reconnecting with that version of yourself is only going to help you in like the current version of yourself, you know? Yeah, I think we take for granted a lot of the times how much our 
creative outlets are important and that's I think one of the reasons Divya and I also like started our podcast because we realized that like in so many ways we have like so much to say this would be like really cool for us to do and for so long we it was just all talk not like getting anywhere with it and then when we finally did it I think we both just felt a relief because we felt like good that we were doing something where it wasn't about work or furthering our career it was something that we would take ownership on on ourselves totally it was fully for us like similarly to what you're like did it all for you yeah exactly I think like people forget that like everyone is an artist like everyone wants to create things and I I feel like this definitely happened to me where I felt the need to kind of like latch on to one identity like oh, I studied finance in school. So like now I'm a banker or like mm-hmm. now I switched jobs and then started working for a startup. Now I'm like the startup girl, like I'm a salesperson, you know? And so that need to like form an identity around a single activity, I think is just like all across our society, right? And it doesn't like, it's really hard, I think, for anybody to hold kind of two truths at once where you can say like, yeah, I'm a banker and an artist and this and that. Um, And so that was definitely something that I kind of like struggled with. And it took me some time to be like, oh, it's okay to be multifaceted. It's okay to like have all of these varying interests. Because like, if you think about how a lot of us grow up, it is like, oh, we'll play some sports and we'll have a few different groups of friends. And we, we like like multiple subjects in school. But then like the older you get, we're kind of pigeonholed into being one thing. And to the extent that we can all be like, actually, there's all of these other parts of me still that I want to honor. I think that, yeah, everyone's just better off for for honoring those aspects of themselves, you know? Yeah, I think that's pretty well said because I feel like we're always so afraid how we will be perceived if we have all these different versions or like different hats that we put on and we don't, we just want to be seen as like one thing and that, that'll just be easier to deal with versus like multiple things that we, you know, are passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's yeah. like really hard to be like, I'm a banker, I'm a dancer, but I'm, I don't know, I'm a writer. Like, it's hard to like say I'm all these things and then, you know, show like, I don't, sometimes a serious side of you or a creative side. It's really hard to do. How how was that received by people? Because I think like a lot of our listeners, we've heard feedback of being stuck in a rut in like what they want to do, but holding a role, but really worried about judgment. Like I'm here, like we're talking a lot about our your own internal process, but it sounds like with other people, like what would you tell listeners who struggle to get uh, like other the judgment of others out of the way? Yeah, I think that's like a really big question. I think like the need, kind of going back to your point of like wanting to just be one thing, the need for that in my mind comes from like just the desire to be understood, right? Be understood by the people that are around you and feel a sense of belonging. Um, and the judgment aspect threatens that. It like threatens feeling like you belong in a certain group of people or um, to a certain set of ideals. I think like the thing that really got me out of my own head of being judged was a just doing it like doing the thing and realizing like oh wait that was actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be um because the reality is like when you're creating something and I feel like maybe you guys feel this way even about your podcast like when the first time you do anything it's not going to be your greatest work right because you're like trying you're testing you're experimenting and that's the beauty of like trying to create anything new. Um, so the second that you just do it and you're like, okay, yeah, it wasn't my my best work, but no one's coming and like knocking on my door being like, how could you put that out? That was crazy that you did that. <laughs> um, that's one thing. And then the second thing is like, there's this really awesome quote um, that like I've always come back to. And it's from this book called Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite, I think is what it's called by this guy, Paul Arton. And really small book, kind of like pamphlet-y style. Um, well, I'm sure Paul Arden wouldn't want to hear me say that. So sorry, Paul. But <laughs> sorry, Paul, if you're listening. <laughs> I'll find the exact quote and send it to you guys later. But the gist of it is, is like, 
everybody wants an exciting life, right? And so we like associate ourselves with whoever our idols are, like whether that's an artist or a musician or even like professionally, like if you're, if you look up to somebody in your field. Um, but in order to actually have an exciting life, you have to make exciting choices. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what people do is say like, oh, well, that would be risky. It'd be risky for me to put myself out there knowing that whatever path that you're currently on is also like not what you want, but people are not maybe as willing to look at it from the perspective of like the path that I'm on right now is definitely not making me happy. And so that's the riskiest thing of all, right? Is to continue going down a path that you have already identified is either not for you or not fulfilling enough for you. And so I guess like in terms of like, yeah, advice is to A, just do it and B, to realize like the judgment that you're receiving, like no one is going to be a bigger judge of your life than you at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. Like you're going to be the one that's going to have to live with all of your decisions. Um, And a big motivator for me is just like minimizing regret. Like I just, I hate looking back and been like, oh, I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have like put my feelings out there and done the thing that I wanted to do. And I, th- I think it's like um, Bezos that has this like regret minimizing like framework, but his whole thing is like, it's much easier to deal with the consequences of what you've already done than to consistently think like, what if, what if I had done that? Or what if I, yeah, just like put myself out there and just kind of went for it. So hopefully that answers your question. Mm. That's yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I think I literally just sat here right now and being like, yeah, stop thinking. What if? <laughs> yeah. It's like a, the hardest thing for me personally to come to terms with. Um, it's like, man, I just wish I could, I would have done that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that what if like prevents us from taking that leap of faith, which is exactly what you had ended up doing when you ended up Cool, cool. Well, what, I guess I have two questions. You took a leap of faith and we know that. So like tell the audience about what that leap of faith was, but what had you finally, I guess, quit your corporate job and make that career shift? Cause that's a really big leap of faith. So what took you from the passion to being like, all right, I'm going all in. Yeah. Great question. So I guess like, even when I took the leap, I was framing it to everyone as like a sabbatical when I quit my job. It's like, oh, it's just gonna be a year. And I'm just going to like go see and do these things that I'm interested in doing. Um, these things being like writing and acting and uh, filmmaking. And I think, again, I framed it that way so that like it was more pal- palatable for myself and for like whoever else was involved in this life, you know, like friends and family and stuff. Um, but I think that the real impetus was like, recognizing that I have this awesome job. So my most recent job, I worked at Google and I was in like a pretty creative space. I worked at YouTube um, on the ad side and I was working with advertisers to build like these ad campaigns that they would put out on YouTube. And it was kind of like a consulting role, but also um, like an advisor type role and sales role. So there was like a ton of complexity there. And I worked with, the best part of my job was that I just worked with really, really smart people. And when you work with smart people, like that takes away half the battle of whatever, like your day to day is because everyone kind of gets it. And they're not just smart from like a job perspective. Everyone was also really emotionally intelligent and like in touch with what your day to day was and what your, um, like how you were feeling in that day, that job was like, it did so much for me and I learned so much, but realizing that even when I felt like I had it so good in a corporate environment, like from my perspective, the best that it could have been, it still wasn't fulfilling enough. I still wasn't getting as much out of life as I was hoping to get. And so I think that was the real motivator for me to be like, there is something else out there for me. There has to be like, I don't want to feel this way for the next, whatever, 40, 50 years while I'm still working. And nobody's going to go find that thing for me. I have to go do that for myself. And so that was the real motivator to decide like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And going back to the writing is like, that was kind of the triggering point for me where I was like, oh, 
if I'm waking up and spending more of my mind share to do this writing thing, something that's not paying me, something that I'm not getting like praise for or anything, I'm just doing it because I want to do it. And if that is more motivating to me than the paycheck and then this like nice big tech job, like all of that, that means something. And I owe it to myself to kind of go down that path and see it through to see what else is out there. That is amazing that you're able to do that. Like so many people are scared of taking those steps. And there's some, there's a lot of reasons. So I don't want to undermine the reasons for that. Um, but I think just the believing in yourself, like not even the, the taking the step of the leaving, but just allowing yourself to believe in yourself and sit in that discomfort and a new stage of life is something that's really incredible. That is, it's just, I mean, so hard to do. Yeah. Th- thanks for saying that. It, I think the hard to do part that like, it is hard. Like it hasn't been an easy year by any means, but when for me, I was like, okay, I've had a pretty comfortable life for a few years. Now it's kind of time to like do something uncomfortable. And I do feel like life kind of goes in those ebbs and flows of what you need and what you want, which is like, okay, I want adventure for a few years. And then like, okay, let's get back to stability and comfort for a few years. And kind of knowing that nothing is permanent, you know, like we're all like crafting the lives that we want every day. And going from that perspective has really been pretty liberating because it just, I hadn't framed it in my mind that way for so long in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing so that I can get to X result and then we can achieve Y, you know? And I just, I realized like, oh, actually nothing is that calculated in life. Like anything can happen. So there's so many different scenarios that you play in your head too. Sometimes that like, I think when you're so in your head and you're playing it out, it just makes sense to be more, the more logical way. Like, it's like, well, I'm already at this job and it seems pretty great. Like, why should I leave? You know, that's kind of like a question that you probably kept asking yourself. But then it, there also was like the other side of it where it's like, but now is the time to leave because otherwise when are you going to do it? type of exactly. thing. I think like that's what's really hard sometimes that we have these both both sides and we aren't sure which is the quote unquote right decision. There never is a right decision. And totally. I think as being children of immigrants, we want to like make our parents happy and proud, but forget about ourselves sometimes too in that thinking process. Yeah. I think that's, that last part is a huge component to any decision. Um, that I would make or that, yeah, maybe you guys would make too. What was your, yeah, what was your guys' impetus to like start the podcast? Because I know you said, you know, we'd been talking about it for so long and like we just kind of sat on it and sat on it. What was the thing where you were like, okay, no, we're doing this and we're putting this out there? Tivia? I don't know. I got, I, we said it in the beginning of 2022 being like, okay, this is when we're going to do it. Um. I remember we said it a little before we went on that trip to Vegas in yeah. it was like our second week of January. And we had a conversation being like, we talked about this. You want to do it. And there was always something that we're like, mm, okay, this is going on. Let's wait when life is less crazy. And I, I think part of us just also was like, life is always crazy. There's always going to be many things happening. But if something is meaningful to you and worth it, like let that happen with the craziness of life. So we just told ourselves we're doing it. And I I don't know, we haven't looked back since. And it's been something that we both love. And I will say that it's been a lot of our own, like for at least me, inner healing of doing a job in the way that like, even when there, there was a time a few weeks ago where we're supposed to record and I was just having a really like shitty day. And Ra was like, you know, we don't have to record today. Like, why don't we, we can record another day? And it's just like reminding those reminders of, okay, if I am not feeling well, it's okay to not have to show up. And we both do that for each other. So it's been really cool that one, it's like, a, it's, it's a really amazing passion. And we look at it as a job now, but also that, you know, you can love something and also take care of yourself while doing it. Like you don't have to burn yourself out. And so th- that that was a part that has made this, I think, continue and it's not been like a, you know, a quick thing that we did for a few months and we just dropped it. I would say that piece helped us continue it. That is awesome. I think that that's like a big part of how I've seen a lot of like writers, for example, get burnt out is like they came to writing as a passion 
but then they tried to make it into a job, one that they don't have as much freedom or like control over. And I've heard from like multiple journalists, they're like, I became a worse writer when I became a professional journalist because then it was a paycheck and not this thing that, like you said, allowed me to process the world around me, allowed me to do my own healing. And I think there's a ton of power, especially at the early stages of creating any sort of art to let it be just that and like give it the space to breathe in the same way that you would give yourself that space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like us doing this together as well, I think for the most part, it's been very easy to like work with Divya, but like you just never know, even though they like they are your really good friend, like she's my best friend and knows me that all versions of me, but I'm like, but not this version where we like are kind of working together and putting, you know, content together. And it honestly has been like really fun. I think like that has been like the number one thing for me is that it's been fun. And most of the time before we record and sometimes after it's like, we'll be serious while recording. And then right <laughs> after it's just laughing. And <laughs> talking like, major about, talk, like, like shooting the shit. Yeah. Like um, talking about the most random things. And I think like that, so the podcast hasn't taken away from that, like from a really important part of our friendship. And so that's why I think I we I also enjoy doing it so much because it's I think it's still fun and it doesn't feel like work as much. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that you guys do this together. I think it's so fun and like I don't know with friendships and adulthood it becomes harder to maintain them. You know, you guys don't live in the same state or city or anything, and so having something like this to work on together, I imagine, just brings you both like so much closer. Yeah. It definitely does. It, it totally. And, and it's just, it's a fun way to make sure we, I mean, we talk to each other, obviously, like outside of the podcast, but it is a way of like, okay, I'm going to at least see your face. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I mean, there have been times where, especially if we're both traveling, we will make time to record and we'll quickly be like, oh, so like, are you good? And like, <laughs> we'll do like a quick check-in and then like, go our separate ways but there's been times where it's been like that because we just don't have time to like fully catch up but just doing that quick check-in to make sure you know we're doing good in the moment is like what's important to us I love that I think that that's like you both are approaching it with like so much love and care that the rest of it feels like it just kind of like falls into place so naturally Mm -hmm. have you felt like that has happened for you or things that have felt that it fall, it's fallen into place because you've had a lot happen like you kind of made a career shift you turned your passion into your career and then you also moved to India now you got engaged like there's so much going on in your life girl so like how has it felt for you with this like things falling into place because I imagine there's a period of transition especially when you moved to India was there ever a time where you're like okay this is falling into place and how does that how did that come together for you yeah that's a great question. I feel like it is like most days are days of doubt, you know, where I'm like, what is happening? What have I done with my life? But the moments that there are like clarity or like clear feelings that I'm on the right path, that's kind of what I've been holding on to. So to kind of like rewind, when I first moved to India, that was almost exactly a year ago. It was like early September of last year. And the first three months were rough, like real rough. And it was all the things, you know, it's like I had ripped this bandaid off so hard to your point, quit my job, started a new career, moved in with my then boyfriend. Um, It was, and moved to a new country. Like it was so many things to kind of manage at once. And maybe because of that, I kind of realized like, of course, things are not going to like feel so natural and easy right from the beginning. So even though most days were pretty difficult, especially for those first, I'd say like three months, I had like tried as much as I could immediately after like my breakdowns to be like, it's okay that you just had a breakdown. Like this thing that you're doing is hard. It's like, it's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be having a difficult time with it. So that was one aspect. And then at the end of my first three months. So I did like this acting class, um, at a studio that I'm still at right now. Um, and so you put on this like showcase and you perform a monologue and two scenes with like the other people from your class. 
it's a really small thing. Like it like is under an hour. The only people that are there are like your friends and family. So it's like, yeah, a really, really small thing. But when I was on that stage and as I was performing, I had this overwhelming feeling of like, I do not know where this thing is headed. I don't know how to get to where I want to go because I don't even know where I want to go with this. But it was the feeling of like, I am exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And I hadn't had that feeling in a long time or maybe ever. And that was kind of the, the thing that I was holding on to, to say, okay, yeah, let's keep going. Like, let's see what else we can do on this path. Um, and so from that sense, I think like, that's how things started falling into place for me is realizing like in a corporate environment, for example, you have all these signals to know if you're doing a good job, if you're on the right path, right? Like you have check-ins with your manager and you like will have bonuses or not bonuses, depending on how you're doing. And all of these inputs and feedback to let you know how to course correct. But on a creative path, that doesn't exist. Like you don't have anybody telling you like, yeah, keep going, you know? Um, and so in these moments where I felt that level of like, like synchronization of like just who I was and where I wanted to be, that's the thing that's felt most natural, so to speak, and helped me feel like things are falling into place. And so over these last six months, I kind of ran with that feeling, continued taking more acting classes, performing. Um, I got an understudy role in a play that we put on at the studio. And that was huge. Like I learned so much about the craft and myself and what it meant to me just doing that. And so I think like continuing to go down this path has only been, um, it's, it's only been motivated by like my last action, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so as long as everything continues to feel like directionally sound, that's how I know that I'm like moving in the right way, you know? Yeah. And like, do you feel like, like, are you doing like check-ins with yourself? You feel like that, that's how you're like determining or like, how are you having that conversation, I guess, internally um, to be like, let's keep going. We're going to follow this path all the way through. So a bunch of things. I like journal every morning. I do this thing called morning pages, um, which is also actually from the artist's way book that I mentioned earlier. And it's just a brain dump of like whatever is on my mind. And you're not really meant to like look back on that journaling. It's a way to just kind of like clear your head so that you can approach the day properly. Um, but sometimes I'll go back and be like, wow, like five months ago, I didn't know what this was, or I didn't really have an understanding or clarity around this thing that I was curious about. And now I do. And kind of like continuously like reflecting on where I'm at and where I've been in the last year has been the way that I've checked in with myself most. And then I also have this like photos folder on my phone where anytime anybody sends me something like encouraging, like, hey, I read this piece that you wrote and it really resonated or hey, Shivani, I, I saw your performance the other night and you moved me to tears. I'm like screenshotting that stuff. It is gold. I'm putting it in that folder and like- Wait, that's such a good idea. I love that idea. I just was like, whoa, I want to do the same. <laughs> it's been awesome. Because like, like I said, most days are doubt, right? And um, when you're doing this thing and carving your own path, of course they're going to be doubtful. Like nobody's really done that before you, or, or at least not that you know. And so like going back to that folder and I'm like- that person said I can do it. Of course I could do it. That person I said I could do it. Of course I can do it. And so, yeah, it's kind of like these little like carrots that you like dangle in front of yourself. And you're like, I'm going to go do that thing. I'm going to go do that thing. And it feels that that's like kind of the way that I've kept myself going. And I've really been like shocked guys at how supportive people have been. People that I do not know people that like, like random people from high school that I haven't talked to in maybe a decade will DM me on Instagram and be like, this is so inspiring that you're doing this. You're motivating me to like, look at my life in a different way. And then you kind of realize like, wow, everybody is, has these feelings, you know, I'm not isolated in any way. Um, and that also is a way to kind of like keep pushing me forward and doing this thing that, yeah, honestly, I don't know what I'm doing most days. So 
That is so normalizing with the doubt, though, because I think it's so much, even with this podcast or other creative things that I've done, that I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? And most of the days you feel that. And then a lot of the time you take this, what the heck am I doing? And use that as an indication of, okay, maybe I'm not doing what I should be when that's just normal. That's how most of the days are going to be is what am I doing? And so I really like that you normalize that most days are going to be doubt and that's okay. Cause I think like we're often so quick to see doubt as an indication that, Oh, like turn around. It's not the right thing when that doubt actually can be leading us towards some of the most meaningful things in our lives. Totally. I feel like I'm I'm definitely the type of person that like wants to have a plan and like wants to know where I'm getting and how I'm getting there and all the stops along the way. So it comes like not easily to me to be okay with the doubt. But I think like the more that you push yourself in that zone of discomfort, like the better it feels. I mean, imagine how boring it would be if like what this thing that I desire of like knowing the outcome and like knowing how I'm going to get there and all of that, if I already knew those things, that would be so boring. Like that would be such a lackluster life. (laughs) And that also has been like helped. It's helped me normalize the doubt thing that you were saying. I'm sure Divya, you can relate so much. Like when you first started your mind matters with Div page. Yeah. I was just going to I like, I didn't even tell anyone I started it. I didn't even tell Raj I started it. I like was posting it. (laughs) that was when I was living at my in-laws house during COVID and I was just like sitting in their dungeon basement like posting on mind matters with Div and telling no one about this page it was like I was having some I don't know like secret Instagram relationship but then finally I was like casually I remember telling Raj I was like yes yeah, so I started an Instagram page with mental health and he was like what's it called like when did you start it and he was like oh you started it like a week or something ago but it's like crazy the journey you even been on with this because like you started in in your in-laws basement and like it's and I think you just kept going like you never you kept making like such intentional posts and you kept telling yourself like I don't care who's reading them or whatever but like I'm doing this for myself and like I think it's like just made such a big difference yeah in a lot of people's lives yeah, and it helps you as a person. Like, I don't know if with what if you feel this, Shivani, but it's like you feel this purpose and passion waking up and you get excited about it. And it gets oh. to the point where it doesn't even matter about who is seeing it. Like, I'm just like, I don't even care if like that one person sees it. It helps one person, but it's just you're doing it for you too and the connection you feel to yourself and the world around you. And I don't know if anything can match that. Like any like that I've seen in any, I, I mean, I've never worked a corporate job, frankly, so I can't even say in a corporate job because I don't know. <laughs> I've always worked with like people facing like, like clinical jobs, but it, it's just a different kind of fulfillment it gives you. And cause it helps you touch base with yourself in a way that like you typically can. Yeah, no, I feel a hundred percent the same way where, especially like going into this acting thing, for example, I really was like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Like, do I like acting or do I like the idea of like fame, you know? And that first performance that I was talking about, I was like, oh no, I just love acting. Like (laughs) I would do this forever if I could. And if what this like turned into was me doing community theater on the weekends and stuff, like great, love it. You know, that was, but you don't know that until you do it to your point. Like, you wouldn't have known that unless you were like putting your work out there in the basement when nobody else was seeing it, you know? And it is really wild. Divya, when I look at your journey to think like how many lives you've touched, like I think about therapy and how powerful that is um, in every regard, but like some people can't afford therapy. Some people are like afraid of therapy. Yeah. To, so to have such valuable information literally at their fingertips, it just, I mean, you've literally changed lives. That's crazy to me. Wow, I so appreciate that. Like gives me goosebumps again. I feel like that's like what your thing of the picture that you have, like when you look at <clears throat> screenshots, I what I do is I was looking a few months ago at like my just overall how many people had seen my Instagram account from last year. And I was looking at it like the end of, last year beginning of this year and it was like around like 27 million and I was like 
oh my god 27 million people have seen one of these posts and the fact of like one person has been because I've always been like okay one person is impacted and it made me think like one person has thought about their lives in a way a different way you know what I mean of like taking care of themselves or their mental health and so you know I it was weird because I like you don't do you don't start something for that like I never started it being like oh that's what it would be but it just helps you knowing that like it's helping yourself and it's helping the world around you I think like when like at the depth of us as human beings we're like all we have like this altruism and we also want to belong and feel connected and supported in our communities whether that's through social media or acting or a podcast like there's something that comes with this human connection you know what I mean and I I feel like a lot of people like lack that in jobs because we're again we're just so tied to the hustle and the paycheck and it makes sense right like we need to pay our bills but I think that's why so many of us don't end up being fulfilled. And there's just something about this, this connection with other people and forming relationships and bettering ourselves as, our, as individuals in a community that just like that fulfillment, you can't, you can't get anywhere else. I could not agree more. I, I mean, I feel like even you guys have talked about this on your podcast, how difficult it is to like make new friends, for example, in adulthood. Mm-hmm or to maintain friendships in adulthood. And like, I feel like a big part of that is like this fear of being judged or misunderstood. And it kind of prevents us then from connecting to people, right? Because we're operating from like this place of fear. But I think that like, like the internet and podcasting, social media, et cetera, has given us this platform to basically like put things out there without the immediate impact of, you know, feeling judged or insecure, whatever the feelings might, that might come up. And I think that's so beautiful because you're right. Like when you start something from such a pure place of just wanting to do it because it's, it's something that you want, like similar to how you guys started this podcast, excuse me, podcast. I feel like you can't, like, you can't fake that, you know, you can't really sustain something that's not real. And everyone can pick up on that. Like everyone has this kind of like bullshit radar and you have one for yourself too. Like I know I do, or I'm like, Oh God, like I'm doing something right now that I definitely shouldn't be doing or that I should be doing. And I'm just avoiding, you know? And so like the, the connection when that bullshit radar is not going off, it's unbeatable. I feel like there's no other, there's no better fulfillment to feel than when you're like connecting with other people and when it's just like so so pure and it also has you go past the the comments that maybe are not as supportive like I think about when Rafisha and I have gotten some comments on our podcast we'll look back and be thinking like I can't believe we got that DM but we still show up because you know it's just like we can't you're always gonna get the doubt and the mean comments and unsupportive stuff but if you really love it you keep showing up I know I you just have to like get over that I think because it's like like you said you're not doing it for anyone else you're doing it for yourself so if someone has something to say to you and they want to send you like a mean message fine go ahead we're gonna keep doing what we want to do a hundred percent there is this like post that I put out um a few months ago I think and it was about kind of the idea of like being the child of an immigrant and like feeling immense gratitude but also a sense of guilt for I remember this one this was such a touching yeah one. yeah I, I, I thought every immigrant under the sun immigrant child under the sun would be like yes Shivani you go girl like this is exactly how I feel and I did get a lot of that but there was like the other 50% of people that responded being like, how could you say these things? Like, what do you, who gives you the right to comment on what it's like to be an immigrant when you're not an immigrant and all of this hate. And at first I was like really taken aback because this was a piece that I had like been like chewing on for months, if not longer, like maybe a couple of years where like threads of this idea had kept going through my mind and I didn't know how to articulate all of the things that I'm feeling. Cause these are big, big feelings. And when I was met with some of that hate, my initial thing was like, Holy shit, I've done something wrong. And then I realized like a lot of this 
hate is coming from like a place of insecurity for them, like unaddressed feelings. And maybe they do feel guilt too, but that's not something that they want to feel. Or maybe the their immigrant experience was just like different than mine and my family's. And seeing somebody comment on something that was different from their own threatened their experience somehow. And it kind of makes you realize like, I have every right to say what I need to say and to feel what I need to feel. And so do they. And like, everyone can continue going on and living their lives. Um, but it's a, it's an easy trap, I think, to fall into when you get some of this hate where you're like, oh, should I have, should I have said that? Should I have put that out there? Um, but the reality is like, they could put out a, a podcast or a, an article that was like exactly opposite of yours if they really wanted to. You know, right, exactly like everyone has or everyone is entitled to their own opinion and how they ever want, however they want to put it out. They can. It's it's just like the world we live in. I know. I know it's your own worldview and it's valid and you can and it's even like you might have someone who resonates with a portion of it. And I always say this even in my post because I have people be like in my specific relationship, X, Y, Z. And it's like, I can't talk to every single person's relationship, but I so often am like, if something resonates, you're allowed to take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. Like, this is not going to 100% resonate. And I think that goes back to us all wanting to just find ourselves in every single thing that's out there. But at the end of the day, it's just not a realistic expectation. So I don't know, maybe it's a way that people can also learn and be more in touch with themselves. Because if something doesn't resonate with them, then it gives them a chance for them to to touch base with the parts that do resonate right and like learn more about themselves because if something isn't touching you then what part is you know totally also it's like if something bothers you like if it agitates you to see something on instagram or where whatever like for me i'm like what is that telling me about myself yeah you know like why is this bothering me this thing that has this thing or person whatever has nothing to do with me if that's pissing me off like that is also telling of something and I think yeah to your point it's just like a tool to kind of check in with yourself to yeah understand your own feelings well I feel like we really touched base on a lot of like how you kind of got to where you are now like you started writing you moved to India to start taking your classes and so what do you feel like is in store for you for the future like what do you think you're going to take from this experience um, I guess I know this, but our listeners know, but like, you're basically going to be in India for another year. And so how do you feel like, you know, you're going back, it's like almost summer vacations ending and you're going back to school. Um, what do you think is in store for you for that next year in India? Great cue. I feel like practically it'll be a lot of like making my own opportunities something that I'm learning in this field is like, yes, everyone is auditioning and wants to be cast in like these big productions, but we live in an era where like, it is easier than it's ever been to, for example, make your own film or stage your own show. And so a lot of it uh, for me, I think is going to be making those opportunities for myself and kind of like wearing all the hats, like writing the play that I'll also direct, that I'll also act in. Um, I'm hoping that I could do something like that and then continuing to kind of just work on my craft through classes. I'm also taking voice lessons this fall. So I'm very excited for that. Um, fun little story. When I was in eighth grade, somebody told me that I couldn't sing a fellow classmate who I will not name, but you guys definitely know who she is. (laughs) And (laughs) I have let that define me my entire life. Okay. I've been like, Oh, I I can't sing. I'm not a good singer until like a few months ago I was with my friends in India we were like all at somebody's house like partying and they're like wait funny you can really sing and I was like no no that was just the song that was playing they're like no I just heard you sing like you can sing and my mind was like blown I was like what are you saying they like make me sing again without the song on in the back and I'm like cool we're doing this I'm going to take voice lessons and see if I can actually do something with this that's amazing (laughs) so you know yeah, unlearning some things about myself. Um, and it's crazy. Sorry to cut you off, but it's crazy how sometimes like someone can say something to you, like 
like that looks so small right and you will take it take it with you and like that'll just be forever embedded like oh yeah that one person told me i can't sing so for then whatever 15 years you went (laughs) on thinking oh yeah i can't become a singer yeah exactly and you know like maybe i'm not that good at singing anyways like I feel like somebody else would have told me along along this way <laughs> if that was different, but it was enough for me to be like, let me just see what happens. And like, yeah, I was, you're not going out and performing at a like at a venue and like putting on a show. You're just starting. Not, you're you're going to be Taylor Swift's next. Woman. I'm the next Taylor Swift. That's in my people. <laughs> you're starting small. Like you're you're taking the leap of faith and be like, I might as well just like take some lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think it's like a lot of that is what's in store for me in my future is just taking the bet, you know, and like going all in and deciding who knows where this is going to lead. But if it feels good in that moment, then like go for it. Like nothing else is really holding you back besides yourself. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question fully, but I think that's what I have coming up in the next year. We love to hear it. Love to hear it. We're so happy to cheer you on. And thank you for all this inspiration you gave us in this. Because even through this, I was thinking of, I, I don't know, I just feel very inspired now to start projects. I'm scared to start. And you, know. you know, like this rem- this reminder of the doubt that it's okay that that's there, but just continuing to move forward. And I think that people will really resonate with that message. I am so happy to hear that. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Literally starstruck. (laughs) We love you. We love you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Shivani. You're the best. And wait, wait, before we leave, before we leave, before we leave, everyone, Shivani, please tell our listeners where they can find you. (laughs) Oh, um, you can find, oh God, I I don't actually know the answer to this anymore. You can find me at stories by Shiv underscore, I think. Also at Shasha slide for my more like acting type stuff. We'll, also we'll put this in the show notes as well. In the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so I'm, much. I'm sorry that I made it seem like I was giving a very big announcement. <laughs> These were like, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure people could find you. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, well, we will follow along Shivani's journey. <laughs> yes. So we need a second cup of coffee right now. Yeah, <laughs> it seems not- like it. <laughs> kind of, I'm buffering a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, the loading. The loading is happening. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Conversations Brewing. We hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand. New episodes of Conversations Brewing come out on Tuesdays. We'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about. So let us know on Instagram at our account at Conversations Brewing. If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.